0: Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, as well as access a daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, in addition to access to guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or relaxing at home. Over the past few months, I've spent a lot of time in my new garden, tending to my plant babies. And have simultaneously been listening to various Audible titles. Currently, I'm listening to the New York Times bestseller Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Murray Brown, which is narrated by the author herself. I'm learning so much about the ways of the world through this book, but if this isn't your thing, no worries. Audible has literally thousands of additional titles to tickle your fancy. To start your free Audible trial, yes, free, visit audibletrial.com slash BeWellSys. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free trial. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Hey, sis, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's life treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I'm well. I have an exciting weekend ahead as we travel to a wedding for one of my um, husband's relatives. Um... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. My little one is going to be in the wedding and he's really excited about that. And it's honestly going to be the first time that we have seen a lot of folks in over a year. So we're really looking forward to that. One thing that does bring me a little bit of anxiety, though, is um, the cicada situation. So apparently in some parts of the country including the the DMV area. So the DC, Maryland, Virginia area there is like a swarm of cicadas. I don't know the science behind it. All I know is that these things are huge and they have no respect for your body. So they just jump on you. I don't believe they bite, but still, I've seen videos online of people being swarmed, not swarmed, but Yes, they haven't been swarmed per se, but they've had to like walk through swarms of um, cicadas to get to, from, from their car to their home and, and back. And it's just, mm, my, my skin's itching. So with that said, if you guys are in an area that's going through it with the cicada situation, listen, I, thoughts and prayers, y'all. Thoughts and prayers. That's a lot. And I don't know how often this happens. I've never heard about this before. I'm in my 30s, so I've this is my first time hearing about it. I don't know if it's a fluke thing or this is regular degular, but either way, um, yeah. So we're going to be in that area this coming weekend, and I'm really nervous. I hope that I don't have any cicada encounters because I'm not ready. I, I hope I come back unscathed and unharmed and untraumatized by it. Um, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the wedding itself. Um yeah my family my husband has a really big family, which was so intimidating when we first started dating so about a year no, it wasn't even a year and it was the first year of our relationship. His grandfather turned one of those milestone years, so they had a big birthday for him, and I was invited, so I went and I was so overwhelmed. I sat in one spot for the entire party, which was ours. And they probably thought I was a weirdo. And if they did, I get it. Um, But my social anxiety was crippling. Like, just crippling. Long story short, they're a very warm, um, inviting, loving bunch. So they um, got past my weirdness. And now I feel really comfortable. And when I think about extended family and their family, I'm just so grateful that my kids have so many people that love on them because growing up, I really, I'm an only child and I didn't really have much of an extended family for so many reasons, reasons that I barely understand and really don't care to, to look into. Um, I just, my mom was a stranger from her family for a long time, so I just never got a chance to be around, quote unquote, family and It was an interesting childhood, I think, though, and I think it shaped a lot of how I am and a lot of my anxieties around interacting with other people. So yeah, so I'm really grateful that my kids have a a big family and yeah, it's just nice. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And yeah, of course, uh, as well, we have Father's Day coming up. And this episode actually is the first episode where I've had a man, and in this case, actually two men on the show, um, to talk about fatherhood, black fatherhood in particular. So the conversation was really, really dope and looking forward to that. But before we get into that, let us talk about what's been on my radar. So to begin with, we have black coffee spelled B L Q. Coffee Company. They are a Black-owned coffee company dedicated to championing educational, economic, and food justice by serving our handcrafted coffee with style. I love that. So they are pretty much a social entrepreneurial effort, and I love that. So um, I don't know of any other Black-owned coffee companies. Nothing really comes to mind. And the fact that these this particular company is... Using, I believe, 25% of their funds, um, of their profits, to go back into the community is beautiful. So, excerpt from the website reads: "The coffee you're about to enjoy is a beautiful result of a project I started up this past Juneteenth with a small but ambitious team, who are driven by love. We all thank you for being part of the coffee revolution that we're brewing here at Black." The heart of our company is our social justice mission. Our future can only be as bright as our communities are strong. That's why we're committed to pouring 25% of our profits back into our communities. We, We donate to organizations that improve access to quality education, bridge opportunity gaps, and cultivate food justice. Our coffee is second to none, but our coffee doesn't taste better because it gives back. I hope you enjoy black coffee as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. And that is taken from the letter of one of the co-founders and CEO. Super, super dope. I haven't tried them yet, but I definitely look forward to doing so. And excuse me, the black is spelled B-L-Q-K. So B-L-Q-K coffee. I have linked their website and their social media down below in the show notes. So please go take a look, support them. I always look forward to supporting black companies, and I definitely will be buying, a, um, buying some coffee from them, and I'll report back. So the next thing that is on my radar is a show on Netflix called "High on the Hog." So it is a docu series that documents the contributions of black American food to the Black landscape, and it takes it navigates the historical context of all of our favorite dishes. It is so beautiful. I actually watched it with my six-year-old son. We um, watched, I think, the first two episodes together, and I didn't think he'd be interested, but he was so into it. He was so vested in what was happening. So the first episode starts out, they are... In West Africa, they're in Benin, which had one of the ports of of exit, essentially, um, of the captured enslaved people. The captured people who would eventually become enslaved in the Americas, and it just documents the food that originated on the continent and how we in the Americas have co- have brought those traditions and made them their own, our own. And it was just, just so beautiful. It was just a reminder of not only our contributions to here, as in the United States, but just the world at large. And not only that, but it was just a reminder of just the, the resilience and the ingenuity and oh man, so many things that come to mind right now, um, And I'm just so proud to be a descendant of people who survived, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, so if you have not seen it, it's on Netflix. It is such a beautiful story. Apparently, it's an adaptation of a book that now I need to look into, also called High on the Hog. So yeah, it's it's just awesome. Such a good watch and it's just interesting. You learn something new. So those are the two things that are on my radar for this week. So before we get into today's episode, I would like to remind you to leave a comment, to follow the show on whatever platform that you are listening to, and to leave a five-star rating it matters for discoverability and it is a metric that I use personally just to see if what I'm creating here resonates with you. So on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever you're listening to this podcast now, please follow along. So that way you are notified of When the episodes are released, it is absolutely free to you. You do not have to pay for anything at all. And um, leave a five-star rating as well as a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Also connect with me over on Instagram. The Instagram page is bewellsys underscore podcast. My DMs are wide open. So if you have any show topics, you have any guest ideas, you have any feedback in general, I am all I'm open. I'm uh, My ears are open and, and I, I want to engage with you. The point of social media for me is to actually get to know people and I want to get to know you and I want to get to know, you know, how I can better serve you and how I can be better. And lastly, um, I am on Clubhouse. Be Well Sis is on Clubhouse. So if you type in Be Well Sis, if you're looking for that club, follow that club. Um, I will be starting a weekly series over there where we get to interact and and have um, pointed conversations about things that matter to us. So i like to know what matters to you. What do you want to talk about? I have a couple of ideas. Some of them have been, are like a spinoff of the show to um, explain that even more. So with that said, again, I am on Clubhouse. Um, the Be Well Sis is the name of the club. So go ahead and type in B Well sis in the search bar and you will find the club as well as me. If you want to follow me, you can find out what um, you can find out when I put on the, the rooms as well. So my name is Cassandra Dunbar over on Clubhouse. Cassandra Dunbar is spelled C-A-S-S-A-N-T-R-E-D-U-N-B-A-R. So let's get into it. Today's episode is a celebration of Black fatherhood with Father's Day just around the corner. I thought it would be appropriate. A lot of times, Black fatherhood is, is misrepresented. There are tons of crude jokes about Black men being deadbeats, and to be fully transparent, my own father for that description. I've only met him a handful of times, and the first time was when I was 16. We tried to have a relationship, but it just didn't fit, and we've been exchanged for at least six years. I know it's six years because the last time we spoke, I was actually in active labor with my oldest, and he didn't even know I was pregnant or married because it had been that long since our last conversation. And mind you, my husband and I had our first son three years into our marriage. So (laughs) there goes that. Um, But yeah, after getting bored to my son and realizing how helpless a child is, I decided that abandoning your child is essentially leaving them to die. And from then on, I decided that it was best for me not to fake this relationship with a stranger anymore. Unfortunately, too many of my peers, like the older millennials and the Gen Xers, share similar stories. But I am so, so proud of the fathers that I see around me. I think a lot of the men in my age group recall the pain they experienced in childhood, shoot, even adulthood, due to the willing absence of a parent and are doing things so much differently. Case in point, the two men that I spoke to, Mookie and Brown, they are the co-hosts and co-creators of the 30 to Life podcast. Um, They're just, speaking to them was just so nice. They were just beaming when they were talking about their experience as fathers, the joy that fatherhood brought them, and just how fatherhood has changed their relationships for the better. And oftentimes when we think about parenthood, we think about motherhood. So I really wanted to talk about all of the changes that happen personally and relationally after becoming a father. We talked about so many things. In particular, we discussed pregnancy and the postpartum period from the perspective of the partner, the mental shift that happens after becoming a parent, how parenthood changes relationships, and so much more. And before we hop into the episode, I'm sending so much love to those of you who struggle with this holiday, whether it's because you're grieving a relationship that you didn't have with your father your father has transitioned, or for so many other reasons, I wish you clarity, strength, and peace as you make space for it and sit with your feelings for a while. Thank you so, so much for joining. I am so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right, so today I have two very, very, very special guests with us on the show. I have my two very first males on the show. It's be well, sis, bro, for this episode, okay? Or be well, sis, all of us. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we'll go. Anyway, so I have the hosts of Thirty to Life, Redefining the Black Experience. They are Mookie and they are Brown and they are amazing. And thank you so much for being here. How are y'all doing?
1: Doing good, doing good. Uh, this is this is brown, also known as your favorite color in the world. Um, mm-hmm. One of the personalities on Thirty to Life podcast. Uh, uh, but first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father, um, son uh, from Jersey. I uh, work in healthcare, and yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Happy to talk about
0: fatherhood
1: let's do it and mookie yep and this is the second half of the
2: best podcast next to be well sis on the mic um i am black as y'all may not know um i am brown as you may not know as well but not brown and uh you know i am a father father of one uh she's one and a half she can count she can she can read, almost, you know, I'm she working can on read. it She oh yeah, she's you know. a genius Yeah, no, she can read a couple letters, you know I okay. didn't say how much she can read you know, <laughs> okay. But she can
0: read, that's she, all that matters, exactly. period,
2: okay I'm, I can read, that's what she said And um, <laughs> work in finance, um, Jersey born, Jersey raised You know, I stay in Connecticut now, uh, the third best state Jersey being the first Hello And um, yeah, we podcast, redefining the black experience uh, 100% all the time, let's do it
0: I love it. Um, I was actually on their podcast back in I forget when it aired, but I was on their podcast. You guys were so hospitable, such a good conversation with y'all, and I'm so happy to guys have you guys here now. So, like Brown said, we'll be talking about fatherhood, specifically the nuances of Black fatherhood. So, my first question for you guys is to like just dump, dive right into it, jump right into it. Is I want to know what was the most surprising thing. That you learn about yourself as a father. So what has fatherhood taught you?
1: man that's 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 a deep first question to start off with <laughs> uh, um, Fatherhood continues to teach me a lot. Um, uh, it teaches me every day, you know, just to see. My children grow up. Um, So it's a little bit about myself um, to go in in a little bit more into depth. um, I have an 11 year old and I actually have a almost 10 month year old. Um, And uh, so different moms. And uh, so I I was, uh, you know, Doing the every other weekend thing in the beginning. Uh and then my son came, so I'm actually it's actually new for me to see my child every day and see them grow up versus seeing my daughter in like little spurts I call them because I would see her every other weekend or you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's 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 I'm learning a lot to say the least. Learning yeah. a lot. Um and uh but yeah, I don't wanna get too too deep in the beginning but yeah we'll keep going. <laughs> go ahead go ahead hey what was the question because I thought you were going to paint us down a story I'm like yo I'm getting this getting good you I was
0: know? ready too right? I thought
2: about it and I was like I was like it's too soon
0: it's not too soon go the for it a little
2: bit <laughs> I'm like I like this story I'm like where are you going bro okay so what's me what's my question what's the question
0: <laughs> what has fatherhood taught
2: you <laughs> okay so I, I'll paint a picture right so 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 uh, we're at the um, doctor's office. Right. And I'm finding out what the gender is. Right. You know, s- some people do gender reveal and all that stuff and wait, But we're like, let's find out. Right. So, you know, I didn't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. So, you know, the lady was like, you know, just read this thing on the screen. And I saw a girl and I started like, I want to say crying, but. They brought a lot of onions into the into the <laughs> right. office with us, right. right? So I'm like, yo, right. well, stop with this onions and all the tears, tears are coming down right and everything. <laughs> but, you know, they it felt good. So, so once I found out I had a daughter, it just like kinda like made me think of, oh, like, you know, not necessarily girl dad, but I was just like, you know, I'm gonna be braiding her hair and like, Aww. you know, I'm gonna be, you know, teaching her how to walk in high heels. I'm just playing, I'm just playing. And <laughs> and no it just like, made me okay. think about like like raising a daughter right that's the first man that you know a, a, uh, your daughter will love right the first mm-hmm. guy right that you fall in love with and it's just like you know my responsibility is you know continuing to love my wife the way I was loving her you know before that very moment when I found out and just being consistent just being there for her and just like really uh being intentional to make sure that her self-esteem is like the strongest and that she's confident in everything that she does. And it's important, especially the way like the media shows, you know, where, you know, being a black woman is not the best and all these horrible things that the media has power over. So it's important that us as fathers make sure that, you know, we give our daughters the confidence as black women and, you know, they work, they walk in their purpose and they walk in terms of, you know, being proud of like their, their complexion.
0: Yeah, and I'm so,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so happy you said that. You know, I feel like Black men for a very long time, maybe even still to some extent, get a bad rap for being deadbeat dads and everything. But lately I've been seeing, in the past few years, I've been seeing a lot of fathers who are saying what you just said, essentially, and who are showing it. You know, I see a lot of very hands-on dads who are loving on their daughters the same way they love on their sons, you know, like doing the hair and just being those girl dads. And I love that. I think it's so, so important that not only do our kids have that example in the home, but also that it's shown online. You know what I mean? Um, this changed the portrayal of what... It meant to be a black dad, and I love that. And, and um, Brown, you mentioned that um, there was a shift with your first child and your second child, and I don't think we talk about that enough about how it's different. You know, um, how your lifestyle even changes when you have a child that you may see every other weekend versus one where you are with them like twenty four seven. Essentially, it's it's really different. So, how did you um, maneuver that change? Like, how did you adjust? First, I
1: ha- I have to say um, I, I doubt the mother of my daughter will ever listen to the show, but I would I, I have to I'll be remiss to say that it is a lot harder when you have her every day versus when I had her versus yeah. you know the, the, every other weekend or that it's it's a completely different situation when you have a child living with you twenty four seven and I and I didn't get that before but you know having my son and having seen him every day for these 10 months you know i get it because like there's there's no breaks there's literally no breaks and that was a huge adjustment for me because i'm the type of person where you know i i i when i get my creative space i need to be alone i need to be you know i just need that peace of mind and that tranquility and when you have a you know a, a very Mm-hmm. energetic young young child in the house it's it's <laughs> it's it's not easy so um but yeah it it, it was a huge adjustment yeah. a huge huge adjustment and um i really do commend the single mothers out there i mean and i know this, I know this show is about fathers and i and i promise you i'm not going to mention anything about mothers anymore but um <laughs> you got to you got to give the moms their their their, their flowers because Absolutely. The fact that they were able to many of them are able to still get their get their 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 dreams achieved and 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 do their motherly duties mm-hmm. and and still have a time you know just for themselves it's 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 a lot y'all so
0: absolutely same okay. i i agree i um my mother was a single mother right and i have a husband who's very hands-on and even with my husband being very hands-on with my boys I'm just like I am tired I am I'm beat so how women do it by themselves and make it look so effortless is just beyond me like yes hats off to the single moms out there who are doing it
2: yeah and just to add to it you know the the motherhood part right that's that's difficult but it's like the period right after having your child, like the expectations that you have on if you're working to get back to work, yep. to breastfeed, to yep. get your body back, to get your mental health back. I mean, there's so much that that transition alone can make a break where you go in the next decade. And like that support, that mindset, that your faith. I mean, everything comes into play and and, you know, hats off to every mother in the world who was able to go back to work. After having a baby after, you know, two months or three months or four months, because yeah. that's it's difficult. I mean, when me mm-hmm. going back, I felt I was sad. But, you know, I know, you know, it's, it's harder for mothers to have to go back or like my wife, you know, having to go back. You know, that's that's tough. And we like normalize that. And yes. COVID taught us like, hey, like not anymore, you know, yep. so. Yeah, hats off to mothers in yeah. the world.
0: You bring up a really good point about how the dads feel away too. I feel like a lot of attention is placed on the woman and rightfully so, right? But I was having a conversation um, with a group and we were talking about how we talk about postpartum being only for mom, but it's also for dad too, because the same way that mom's world has changed not physically but like your whole lifestyle has changed it happens to dad too so I want to talk about that with you guys so how was your like initial postpartum experience like your first few weeks as first few days and weeks as a dad what was that like
1: um I enjoyed it I mean I was with my wife I mean I had just been married for uh you know Honestly, when we found out, it was only like, what, like six months? If, if that, you know, we didn't waste no time. But um, <laughs> um, I just, we had just found out uh, and, you know, I was happy that she was pregnant. And then, so fast forward to when she became pregnant and then, like, being on that paternity, paternity leave, not paternity, paternity leave, mm-hmm. you know, being on that, uh, that, what, 10 weeks I think I took, that was an amazing experience just to have that time spent with them just 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 to be with them and just to uh i guess see him develop you know help her i mean i was i had experience not, not saying that she didn't have experience but i mean i had a daughter prior to you know us yeah. so yeah. for me you know, I wasn't that, that far removed, you know, and I understood certain, certain things. I mean, obviously she caught on very quickly and, and then her the humility instincts kind of, you know, just came out of nowhere. And then it was just <laughs> like, boom, I got this. I don't need you no more. Um, but, um, I was, I was helpful in the beginning, <laughs> you know, I was very helpful. Um, and yo, know, but going back to work was hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, going back to work was, was very difficult. Um, I don't want to say I cried, but you know, maybe maybe one onion was in the atmosphere. Right, right, it <laughs> happened. Oh, them onions, them onions be <laughs> come everywhere. out
0: of nowhere. It's wild. Um,
1: <laughs> but that just honestly, and I, it just made me want to work hard enough so I can get to a point that I can be home with them as much as I can. Like now, yeah. I'm understanding that my time home is 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 super important because I see I see his development yeah you know I mean we decided for her not to go back to work because I just saw how good he was developing and I was like you know what we can do this we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. let's do what we got to do yeah Um, but yeah yeah
0: what about you Mookie
1: so
2: so it's fortunate right I I got two months paternity leave and like, I was I was a huge advocate for, like, men getting the right to stay home after the baby, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times uh, in the profession, I work in finance, you know, they're like, you know, go home for, you know, a week and then come back and, you know, go back to work and everything. Or, you know, in general, they're like oh, you're coming in the office next week or different things like that. They may ask you and I was just like, nah, I'm on pretend leave. I ain't coming back mm-hmm. to, uh, what is was i want to pretend leave in August. I was like, I'm not coming back to October, mm-hmm. right? Like, you need me to do anything, uh, I'll do it in October. Like, that was my whole mindset with it uh, because <laughs> forget that. Nah, I was like, well, they, they can't they can't fire you when you're on paternity leave like you're not supposed to do any work right They yeah. are they paying us extra money to to go work so so yes yeah, so that was my mindset you know they didn't like it i didn't care um i ended up switching firms like when i came back from paternity leave anyway so hello uh, i was like <laughs> yeah so you know brown made a great point was like your time is so important And, you know, if if I'm not going to get the flexibility that I need to be able to get home when I want to do whatever I want, like your jobs don't care about you. Right. If you were to leave, they'll post it the next day. If you were to pass away, they post it the next day like they keep on moving. So it's like my whole mindset was, you know, take advantage of the time as much as I can and, and support and be there for my wife because my wife got a C-section and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be there for her each and every way um, until she came back at her full strength. And by the time I went back, she was back at her full strength mm-hmm. um, be, uh, because I was there and I was helping out and I was helping out as much as I can, but you know, she's breastfeeding and she's doing all these things that are naturally being absorbed away from her. So I just need to make sure that I can put poor love into her. So like, mm-hmm. you know, she refills and give it back to our daughter. So Um, I loved it I loved it I loved the time I loved not thinking about work I loved you know changing diapers or waking up in the middle of the night like it was it was great Um, you know and and like Brown probably experienced the same thing it's the first time like we were around our wives as much as we were every single day right because covid you know we got i got to experience it you know for i mean i'm still experiencing it to this day so over a year now but like during this time i was like oh wow we together for two months every day just hanging out doing whatever we want maybe go to sleep we just hang watch tv like that was beautiful and every person needs to experience that and i don't understand like why today in this world like there's not like Paternity leave for every job for a yeah. man, give them yep. like two months, and then for a woman, a woman should get three to six months minimum. Yep. But you know, yeah, this is not in politics, but you know, I just want one.
0: No, but just that's make it, real though. Oops, no, go ahead, Brown.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, or just make it so you could just actually live off of one income and not have to have these that double too. income households. Um, but yeah, sorry, right. that's what that's I to say. too.
0: No, that's real because um, I feel like. If if we're going to like parent and like really give it our all it's so hard to do that where both parents have like a 9 to 5. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible, but it just makes life so much harder and that's where like we see like mental illness pop up, like the the pressure causes anxiety, causes depression and and even more things. You know what I mean? Um, you guys make really great points. And I think in terms of maternity leave, I think and paternity leave, as a matter of fact, it should be like at least a year, especially if we're trying to say that women should breastfeed for the year at minimum. It's so hard having to pump at work. I did it. But like carrying all the gear to work making sure that like the fridge was clean that I trusted that it wouldn't be tampered with like all that kind of stuff it's stressful on top of then trying to be a present employee it's it's a lot and I think when we talk about breastfeeding rates being like lower in our community I think this is part of it because most of the time our women are the ones who have to like quickly get up and go to work after eight weeks she's barely even healed and she's rushing off to work there's no way she's going to produce milk um at that point. And if she does produce milk, like it's every two hours, what job will let you go pump every two hours? Not one, you know, it's a lot. But one thing that I really enjoy hearing from both of you is your passion in not only being good fathers, but being good partners too. I think a lot of that is lost a lot of times. Um, I always hear stories about how Relationship starts to fracture at that fourth trimester, but you guys have painted a different picture. It seems like you both got stronger in your relationships with your with your um, significant others. Would you agree? I mean, yeah,
1: you got to know. First of all, you got to know yourself. Yeah. that's point blank. I mean, I don't I don't believe in getting in any type of serious relationship if you do not know yourself. Mm. Um, and Talk so if, if you don't know yourself, then there's no way you can know somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, you know, I feel like I put in the work before I got in my relationship. My wife put in the work before she got in this relationship. So we know each other and we know ourselves and because of that i mean i think that's how we and why we succeed and we function well um i mean you just gotta you just gotta know your partner like for instance there's this there's this out there i had this i had this epiphany today and i was like you know i'm working so hard within my career and she's given her career up to take care of our son and i just and i was thinking i was like i was like i I'm so appreciative because I, I I wouldn't be able to do this without her. There's no way that I could do any or accomplish anything that I'm accomplishing. I couldn't be on this podcast right now. All I did was say, babe, I got a show to do at seven. All she did was okay, babe. There was, there was no complaints. There was no nothing. And for that, you know, I will be forever grateful. And, and because of that, like, I don't mind, like, doing stuff that I hate to do <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, I don't I don't I don't mind. listen whatever she needs like the other day she says I want to go to the store and take these sneakers back so she, she ordered some sneakers for my son they didn't fit she wants to take them back mind you it's raining outside I don't feel like doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm trying to figure out how the hell I can get out of this <laughs> and, and and I said to, and then I it came to me I was like you got a good wife just get up and go to the store. So you know what? Got up. I complained a little bit, but I went. Got mm-hmm. and got up and went to the store because I just thought about how good she is to me. So you know, you just got to know your partners, people. I mean, that's just. But first, know yourself. If you don't know yourself,
0: don't get in that relationship. So now it brings me to: How does one get to know themselves, Mookie? <laughs> so,
2: so, so. I think to know yourself um, is to love yourself, and the first steps for that is really taking a deep dive of who you are as a person, right and it's doing the work right it may be therapy, it may be um, going to the Bible, it may be you know speaking with your parents on a deeper level or speaking with your mentors at a, a deeper level and just Figuring out who you are as a person, like, and and what causes you to think the way that you do, and ultimately, like, what are your goals? What are your passions? Um, and and what do you like? What do you don't like? I think mm-hmm. nobody really takes that time to kind of examine themselves, um, because you like you you can't love anyone until you love yourself, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's gonna be fake love. It's gonna be um, not real. It could be lust. It could be all these different. Forms that are all, all not temporary, right? It's not lasting long, right? So um, that's kind of like a, a big step, right? And 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 also giving yourself grace because we all make mistakes. None of us is perfect. Yeah. And sometimes what hold us back from like loving ourselves is that we hate ourselves for the mistakes that we have made. And the mm-hmm. first part is like, hey, you know, the mistakes. I say a true mistake is only if you do the same thing twice. But that first one is a lesson. First time you make the, any mistake that you have. So like mothers, I think we talk about single mothers and, you know, that's not a mistake. That's a blessing. And, you know, you're raised, you're giving life to this world for someone that, that you ultimately created. And that is a lesson. That is a blessing. And you're going to create someone to do more than what you ever could do right our goal is always to pass it on to the next generation and then them to be better than who we were before so you know i made mistakes when it comes to like student loan debt right like tons of student loan debt we've all made that mistake pandemic <laughs> and i used to hate myself for it right mm-hmm. and it was like what was the purpose when I, like the mistake that you made was a good intentions right my good intention was I wanted to get an education, right? Because as a black person, I wanted to, you know, lift as I climb and build and grow and change my legacy, right? The decision I made ultimately put me in, you know, almost six figures in debt for school and I hated it. And it made me sad. It made me cry, made me borderline depressed. But the ultimate purpose in the beginning was, oh, was, was genuine. The intention was well. And I learned, I accepted that and I had to figure out, you know, how to fix it. So it's all in the journey of figuring out why, who you are, and, and starting with why. So
0: just, just
1: to piggyback off that, though, um, this, so is usually the quote guy, um, but I got, I got one for you that, that really was sum it all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Now, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of 100 battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb to every battle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I kind of view life as, as this battle and it doesn't have to be, battle doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you have to know your strengths and you have to know your weaknesses for any type of a battle.
0: Oh, I love that and, and then I, I want to know because you guys both kind of touched on how you value time or you view time with your family a little bit differently so did you have like a shift in mindset in becoming a father because I felt like my brain completely changed the moment I had my first child so something happened does I saw things a little bit differently can you guys say you experienced the same or not so much
1: no, nah, it was a switch. It was like you had this. It's it. It was an automatic. Like baby responsibilities. You got to do what you got to do, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't want to necessarily say it's a burden men have, but I I think that men need to speak more about this. That we do feel a burden in the respect that if anything goes down, the house the, 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 you know, just it's, it's really on our shoulders. Any, like anything. And, and I, and I know women will always say, no, you no it's not, you have us, but in reality, as a man, and, and, and in my opinion, if you're a good man, you're not going to want your wife to carry as much burden as you will want to carry. Mm-hmm. And so for th- th- just to have that in the back of any man's head, I think, I don't know I, I just want men to really, talk about that more and really be more open to that discussion because it's 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 a heavy burden to bear um and many of us are happy to do it but that still doesn't that still doesn't really lessen the load well lessen the load yeah thank you appreciate that it doesn't lessen the load at all yeah
0: that's real
1: yeah,
2: for for me, um, yeah, it was it definitely was a switch. I remember the the first switch is when I found out the gender, but it was like a, a second switch when my daughter was actually born. And my daughter was uh, what I forgot how much she was, but she was slightly under five pounds when she was born, and she had to go to the NICU. And uh, my wife had just given a C section, so she couldn't like go see the baby or anything right away, right and for me, I was just like, it just switched. Right. So right before she went into, um, to give this C-section, you know, I'm praying, I'm saying everything like, God, just make this go smoothly. And, you know, we we're in the, the uh, you know, they're going through the process, the baby comes out and I'm just like, it's go time right so so they take my daughter to nicu you know they had to get you know some breast milk from my wife right away i'm like running down the hallway doing spin moves to like get it to the nurse the nurse then lets me feed my daughter. Uh, I mean, like give the breast milk to my daughter the first time I give it to her. She spits it all out. So then I run all the way back. I go get another one and then I come back and I give it to her or whatever. And then my wife is just like, you know, recovering from the C-section and we had to like transfer her from like one bed to another and there was nobody there. So me and her mom like picked up the sheet and like moved it over to the other one. Then like we're pushing her and we're just doing a whole lot. But like, I'm just like, enjoying it high off like like adrenaline but I'm just like like it was just like go time second thought like I didn't think of anything I didn't care about food sleep because we didn't sleep for like two 24 hours at this point and I'm just like doing everything I can and it's just like go time and I think for as as Brown mentioned like for the good fathers the good dads good husbands like that's feeling we have all the time to like protect and provide for like our families. And, and sometimes it can be overwhelming, especially when, you know, you have like these huge ambitions for your family and you want everything to go a certain way. And that pressure is, is on you. That pressure is on you, especially once you know your history, you know, as a, as, as a black father, like how much we're our ancestors overcome and what mm. we're overcoming as fathers. It, it can be drowning sometimes, but, you know, it's it's, it's power and like knowing who you are, as mentioned before, and like loving who you are, but then also making sure you make things better for the future generation. So as a father, that's all we want to provide.
0: My question is, OK, with all of the stress that there is in being a father and in being a black man in America, how do you take care of yourself? Because you guys do have a lot of weight on your shoulders, right? So, what do you do to prioritize your own self care, and to prioritize your mental health, and to pour back into yourself?
1: I mean, once again, I, I have to thank my wife and appreciate her for allowing me to have my moments of of quietness because I need that to go to work. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I work in healthcare; it's a very stressful environment. Uh, it's just not an easy job, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I I need I need that that time to myself and she allows me to do that and have that time. Uh, I also, you know, exercise, I started, I started doing my cardio again, that, that has helped out. Um, I don't eat red meat at all. I don't eat, uh, I I actually stopped eating all types of meat that has helped me uh, a lot. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many things I do. I mean, it's, it's not just one thing, Um, but I would say the biggest, the biggest thing to do is I do is, I I'm mean, I'm, I'm maintaining my awareness as much as possible because I need to understand my present environmental internal conditions in order for me to function. So uh, <laughs> that's just the only way that I can survive, honestly, in this world. I need to be aware of my emotional status because when I am off balance, I will act impulsive. And when I act impulsive, that isn't the best outcome for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, that's real. Bam. That, that's a, really it in a nutshell. Yeah. So,
2: so for me, like how I just keep myself level-headed, you know, give thanks to my, my wife. Um, you know, we'll have like heart-to-heart t- talks, right? Like where I'm just vulnerable in terms of how I feel, you know, what's going on in my head, you know, if something's wrong, you know, she's always asking, asking me, hey, what's wrong? Um, and you know, she can sense it. Right. I mean, I have anything on my face or anything, but she'll just, you know, sit, talk with me, you know, give me a hug, you know, give me a kiss, you know, something just to, you know, uplift my spirits or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm usually like really like balanced and, uh, what's the word I'm really, um, Zen, Zen, like, (laughs) yeah, I'm really Zen. Like, doesn't matter if, you know, something's going wrong. I actually like pressure. Um, if there's no pressure, I'm probably not going to be motivated to do a lot of like the things. What I'm learning is like when I put that pressure on myself all the time, like it does mess with like my mental health. So that's when my wife comes in and like, you know, checks me and just be, checks on me and just says, hey, like, you know, you need to you know take some time off or you need to, you know, let's sit and talk or like we'll watch you know, a movie or just talk about like our goals like we we love like just talking about our goals right like every year like we come out with like different themes for our years like hey this is what we're going to work on and stuff so we'll do stuff like that and have conversations and stuff like that random conversations about different things and that helps me just get into like a good mindset so yeah so it's shots out to my wife uh she is my helpmate and she is my partner so she she helps me in all things so i'm appreciative of her
0: I love that. You guys both uh, describe like such good partnerships. And I think a lot of times when we're like dating and even the beginning of marriage, we may not realize how much of a partnership it is. Right. And then when you bring a life into the world, you really need people um, to help you and to help you navigate parenthood. So... um thank you so much for giving me your time and lending your insight on being amazing dads and I'm just grateful to know you guys these are just good stories that I think we need to hear and see more of because yeah I think black men overall get a bad rap and it's not warranted so thank you for sharing your insight and for being y'all thank you but before we go I always have two questions. Two questions for you. The first one is going to be: What is a book that you would recommend to the audience about anything at all?
1: Mm. Um, mine is uh, the art of not giving a F-U-C-K. Uh, I just I, read it. Yeah. Um, i can't say i just read it. it was last month um but um really really good book changed my life in so many ways um, really yeah 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 uh I, I don't care about a lot of stuff that i used to care about after that book. i have
0: the book and i haven't read <laughs> wait, it yet so wait, wait, now i'm
1: going that, to read it wait that book changed your life yeah it did absolutely really? changed my life absolutely I, I listened to it i just this is interesting no it was well, i guess I guess if you have to- take into consideration you know who I am, like I'm someone who cared a lot about what people think, and so for me, that was freeing, yeah you know uh yeah, so i'm I'm free now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about a lot of stuff no more. <laughs> Wait, so so so
2: elaborate on that. So so now that you fr- like so before I would say Brown was free, right? Okay. Right, in terms of intellect, like your mindset. So what what
1: level did that take you to? It took me to a new level because now I feel like I have more creative freedom than I ever like. I, I know that I'm creatively unique, and that that brought. Uh, even more confidence and arrogance into my life, but that's another story. But, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just feel more creatively free. I feel like, you know, me not caring about what other people think, it allows me to be fully me, and that, that's, that's freeing. So, oh, the book that I'm going to bring I,
2: that I like, you know, it, it is Never Eat Alone um by uh keith verazzi and it's basically about networking it's mm-hmm. like networking and managing relationships mm-hmm. um i think you know your what do they you say your network is your net net worth mm-hmm. is the quote and you know it's important to leverage relationships and you know you know from a job standpoint that's how most people get their job is by someone they know yeah. or mentorship is all based off having a relationship with someone or you know or just dating someone right it's like how do you manage the relationship and stuff so um i love that book uh and it's a great book and it's great on audible like a lot a lot of books on audible like the author the, the narrator is not the best particular but for never you alone they, they do a really good job um my first my very first book post-grad that i loved was um Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. That was the that was the book that kind of just changed like my thinking in terms of what it takes to be successful. Um, so yeah, that's that's the runner up.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, love it. So I will have all three of those books on in the sh- description of the episode. And then my last question is: What is something that has brought you joy in the last twenty four hours? We'll say.
1: Oh I might be getting a new job. Hello. So so so, uh you know, promotion coming soon, you know.
0: Let's go. Let's go.
1: Let's go. You heard it Mm. here first, guys. Uh, Hustle. Hustling That's (laughs)
0: exciting. Congrats in advance. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Thank you, thank you. But but I want I want the real congratulations when I don't have to work for anybody anymore. Mm.
0: It's coming. It's coming. As
1: that's that's the that's the that's that's the ultimate goal. But yes, I feel thank like you. Me. I appreciate it, y'all. <laughs> the financial like, yeah. freedom. That's the goal. Um, yes.
2: Joy for me was so. My daughter, um, she says, she says, she on the on the podcast before we say like, babe. She calls us me and my wife, babe, right? Instead of mommy it. and daddy, right? I love So that, we've yeah. been working on getting her to say mommy and daddy so Mm -hmm. so last night she woke up and she was just like mommy daddy or whatever and it was just like so sincere and everything like that and my wife was like it was like you know tears to her eyes and everything and you know I was just like we made it we, yeah. we no longer Bay, but then today she had called <laughs> she had called me she had called me Bay. so i mean babe so you she know she yeah so you know we we got two names now so but we, we working on it she's doing her thing now shout oh, out to you that's
0: beautiful okay. <laughs> listen it's her world y'all just living in it okay y'all yep. just financing it
2: <laughs> yeah she got to get to work soon you know you got google man. get a youtube channel son listen
0: those kids on youtube are making bank my, my six-year-old's been asking me to be on YouTube. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Until I saw Ryan, the toy kid, makes like $20 million at least just off of YouTube. Now he's in Target. I'm just like, we might have to can you, ima- can you
2: imagine if you're like that parent? Like, like, like the kid's like, like mommy, like, I, I pay for everything. Like, you can't tell me what to do. Like,
0: i would never let him proud. Know the, the house that we live in is, is from him. I would never let him know that, though. Like, he wouldn't know. Okay, I'm
1: just thinking of you.
0: Never know. sitting at like the kitchen Britney table. That. <laughs> no, not that bad. Could
1: you, could you imagine putting him on punishment? <laughs> like, nah, you can't play with your toys, Dad. I just made you twenty million dollars. I, I, right, you can put me on timeout. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh, you guys were so dope. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. I appreciate y'all. Where can the people find you?
2: Thank you for asking. So (laughs) 30tolifepod.com, that's our official website. And you can find us on every major podcast platform, 30tolifepod.com podcast, redefining the black experience. And then also on Instagram is 30 to life pod. So make sure you check us out, you know, give us a rating, subscribe, everything, right? This is endorsed by Be Well Sis. This is Be Well. Absolutely. Be Well, bruh.
0: Yes. Endorsement. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.